0: Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim I begin in the name of Allah, the merciful, the especially merciful. Let's just jump into your questions. Question number one. I know that hating something legislated in Islam, even if I practice it, is kufr. Sometimes I come across stuff which my nafs isn't ready for. For example, if I am a movie addict and someone tells me it is haram, then immediately I feel something bad. Like it isn't limited to just this instance. And there will probably come many things or sins which I have the desire to commit or am committing. And will probably inshallah be told that XYZ is haram. And perhaps my immediate reaction to hearing it won't be of satisfaction. Rather, maybe it would be hating the news. How do I deal with this? Do I commit kufr every time such a thing happens? That is a really wonderful question. May Allah bless you. It seemed like you really had to open up to ask that question. You see, the only time something is kufr, number one, is if we utter a statement which says that we don't believe in a command, which is explicitly mentioned in the Quran or Hadith. So... If it's something which is haram, like actually explicitly haram, like alcohol then a person expressing a statement saying that they don't believe in it would make them a non-believer. Or if a person says that they hate uh, or they disagree with this command of Allah then they would um, be considered a non-believer. But, I feel like what you're talking about is the general discomfort that we all feel in um, following through with the command of Allah. And this could even be a virtue, that even though you find this command to be so difficult, you still do it for the sake of Allah. It's kind of like, for example, people have children. They don't enjoy cleaning the poop of the child but it is testimony to the love of the parent that they will clean that poop because they love Allah subhanahu taala because they love the child it's the same thing that the discomfort that you're talking about there is not what is kufr and if you channel it well you can even turn that to a source of revenue um, what we should be careful about only is that we shouldn't then let that grow
1: into an
0: intellectual disagreement or disbelief or challenge to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which I really don't think is what you're feeling there. I think that's the end of that question. The next question is, in wudu, when you have to put water in the mouth, do you have to gargle it in your throat? Or can you just gargle it in your mouth? Well, first of all, um, gargling is not or putting water in the mouth, is not necessary in wudu, so you don't have to, have to, have to do it at all. But it is an established sunnah, so we should do it. And we should do it regularly without missing it any time. It is better, it is better to gargle in the throat as well, and that's the way we should be doing it. Um, Question number three. If I performed all the necessary procedures for ghusl but then realized that I still have a little najasa on my body after coming out of the shower, do I have to do ghusl all over again? No, you don't have to bathe all over again. All you have to do is um, wash that part of the body off. That's it. Um, Next question. Should I stop saying "Aatul kursi and other du'as when I go out before I go to sleep when I'm menstruating? No. You can say "Aatul kursi as a du'a. You can say especially the other du'as like, you know, um, before sleeping, the du'a before eating. It's only like, for example, reading Yasin in the morning or reading Suratul Mulk before bed. These kind of things should be avoided. Um, next question. I committed zina three times, and I keep turning back to Allah and repenting. I really thought after the first time I would never go back, but somehow I end up where I started. How do I make sure I don't go back to the sin, and will I get punished in the hereafter? That is a really wonderful question, mashallah. Um, I think the first thing is feeling remorse in our heart For the sin is a very, very important thing. So if you want to be protected in the hereafter for this sin, there are three things you need to do. And inshallah, if you do these three things, Allah will forgive you. The first thing is you have to feel bad for the sin that was done. And I feel like that is something that you're doing. You do feel bad for it. The next thing that you have to do is you have to stop doing it. Right, So let's say there's a person in particular that you commit zina with. Either you can marry them immediately or you can let them go and make it very clear to them that you would not like to commit zina again. And the third thing is you need to stop yourself from doing it again and make a firm promise with Allah that you won't do it again. Now this also includes different things it also includes for example deleting that person's number perhaps deleting the app through which you normally would would access uh, these things or or downloading a blocker app that will not allow you to access these things or um, you know I think one thing that really helps is dressing Islamically because when you're dressed Islamically you don't tend to Uh, feel okay going to certain places and doing certain things Um, We can definitely do a phone call to discuss specific things for your specific scenario Or you can discuss it yourself on how can you put barriers there to do it in the future? So if you do these three things you feel bad about what you did you stop what you're doing immediately And you make a promise never to do it again and put things in place that will stop you from doing it again I have full hope in Allah Um, that inshallah you will be forgiven and inshallah not only will allah forgive your sins but allah will also replace them with good deeds next question can Hanafis eat shrimp or lobsters so shrimp is a world war 3 issue in Hanafi fiqh some scholars say it's okay other scholars say it's makrooh Um, depends on who you ask when it comes to lobsters, they are very much close to Haram or makruh Tahrimi um, in Hanafi Fiqh, meaning they're not completely Haram, but they're right on the edge, and uh, I would not have that at all. Next question. Is it wrong to say stuff about government decisions in a bad lighting? For example, I get my A-level results tomorrow and they're making a decision that are unfair and unjust. So is it wrong to say stuff to express your anger and how they're messed up, etc.? Is this backbiting? So the first thing is going against the government. There is a very legitimate difference of opinion about this, but that difference of opinion only exists about... um, That difference of opinion... Only exists when it comes to um, your when, when it comes to your um, Muslim governments, not not even Muslim governments, Islamic governments, a khilafa. I don't think this this difference of op- opinion would uh, exist in a democracy, for example. And the second thing is, it's not backbiting because this is something that is being done in the open. This is a position that they are taking. Um, obviously if we choose to abstain from that and speaking ill of the government perhaps we will be rewarded for it depending on what is it that we want to say next question Salam. I've been keeping some fast recently I've heard swallowing of mucus and vomit invalidated the fast but every time I fast I have buildups of mucus and sometimes I have no choice but to swallow and sometimes vomit will enter by the time I realize what's happening I've swallowed the vomit I need to redo them. khairan. So there's two things here. When a person is fasting, can they swallow mucus? Second thing is, can they swallow vomit? Swallowing the mucus on purpose is considered makroo. It won't break your fast, but it's not a good thing to be doing. Ideally, we should spit it out, spit it out, spit it out. But if you have swallowed it, then it is not really a sin. Um, sorry, it's not something that will break the fast. The second thing is vomiting. Vomiting, I feel, is a whole different issue. If a person, um, while remembering that they are fasting, swallows the vomit, the fast will be broken and they will have to make up one fast for it. Next question. The next question asks that the Prophet had numerous wives, but why did he have more than four wives at the same time? Why was there a lot for him and not for the other Muslim men? You see, the Prophet ﷺ, his job was to bring guidance for the whole world, for men and for women. And at an age where he's 50 plus, you know, we cannot make an accusation that this was because of a lust. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim That's a really wonderful question JazakAllah khairan for asking it So you see The Prophet His job was to bring guidance to the whole world To men and to women And Islam is not like other religions Where Islam lets you just Kind of mingle with the opposite sex Without any boundaries and, and openness Without any sorry rules So this would because if you look at, for example, other leaderships and other you know movements in which men have been working in close proximity to women and they have this amazing influence over them, and these women are completely, you know, um, falling for them. Um, it becomes a very um, dangerous environment. So Islam has no problem with people having more than one partner. However, there are rules to mitigate it to make sure that these things are happening properly so at an age in which the Prophet is 50 plus, 60 plus Allah allowed him this um, and there's some wisdoms that we can take out from it that the Prophet you see his wives pretty much became like the teachers of the women and every single wife would have different women coming to their houses and learning from him, from them and this was a way for the Prophet ﷺ to intimately work with um, great groups of women um, and give them the da'wah and the leadership because the women populace as a large could not enjoy his company the way that the males around him could um, so that's one wisdom that we can think of but the actual answer and I feel like we need to keep this in mind. Things are halal because Allah makes them halal. And things are haram because Allah makes them haram. Um, you know, it's kind of like how Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala told people to face the Kaaba. And uh, people were complaining, why don't we face the Baytul Maqtis that we used to? So, and, and the Quran says. You know, It's not virtuousness to face right or left. It's virtuousness to follow the commands of Allah. So four and nine are arbitrary numbers. At the end of the day, whatever the command of Allah is, is the command of Allah. The Prophet to give up his da'wah, he was offered women of all types. Um, if he was truly insincere, as, as I, I think some people who bring up these questions try to insinuate, um, he could have done that. But the prophet ﷺ, um, you know used this as an opportunity to teach women be there for women and uh, he created a group of women who could lead others and be there for them and cult- and he could cater and and, and curate and, and and cultivate a, a whole ummah of women through through the through the wives i hope that helps the question inshallah next question why was the compilation of the quran um not done chronologically and who did that the thing is the quran allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent it down as the need arise uh, arose right but the the order that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted in was not a chronological order allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted it according to his wisdom perhaps through meaning or through other other you know factors that we don't know about wanted it in a different order and that order was upheld and taught to us by the prophet and it was recorded by the scribes and by the oral tradition that we have for that all right bismillah ar-Rahman rahim next question why is shirk a bigger crime than murder now this is not um to say that murder is not a big crime in islam Murder is one of the biggest crimes in Islam that has a had punishment where Islam takes it more seriously than the secular system and most other current systems in which if a person kills another person, they will be killed in retaliation as well. However, shirk is a different crime on its own. It's apples and oranges. I don't think um, we need to be doing a comparison here. They're both really, really bad. The reason why shirk is so bad is um, it's kind of like if I'm talking to you, the person who's listening to this um, and I call you a piece of poop and uh, or if I call, for example your parents or a piece of poop and obviously that would be something you would not feel okay with however, you and that poop have so many things in common you have you know, this, you're both biological beings and you can both decompose and you both have a color and you both have a smell. Shirk is equating a creation with Allah. And Allah has nothing in common with this creation. You know, Allah is beyond. They're not equal. This comparison is worse than calling somebody's mother a piece of poop or calling somebody's you know, somebody uh, a female dog. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this comparison to, to create and consider something else as God is not an equal comparison. Um, so these so th- the thing is the reason why people ask these kind of questions is because they don't really understand Allah. Allah is the being that gave us everything. He made us, he provided for us. We have no rights in disobeying Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, it's kind of like Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about in Surah Al-'Adiyat. You know, we have a master who has horses and the horse pretty much just um the horse what it does is You know, you feed the horse, you provide for the horse, and the horse is willing to give his life for you. He's willing to jump into the midst of battle for you, and only for providing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did beyond that. He gave us everything. He made us. Even this will that we use, or this intellect that we're using to disobey Allah, has been given to us by Allah. So it, it makes the crime so much more stronger. Another level of this is, for example, there's a concept of hierarchy, right? Um, one thing is, let's say I do something to a coworker, you know, that's really bad. But it's worse if I do something to the CEO of the entire corporation. I'm gonna be in more trouble. Well, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is beyond the CEO of a corporation. In the hierarchy, He is infinitely higher. So for us to commit crimes against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is also infinitely worse. And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to hold us accountable for even the smallest crime, it is justice. Just the fact that Allah is willing to forgive us, it's not a right that we have. It is a mercy that He has awarded us. Um, On top of that, there's another level that we can look at this. Um, if I use a company and I use their products against them, they will be more pissed off. So shirk is when you're using the creation of Allah and the intellect given to us by Allah and using that in, in, the, in opposition to Allah. So because of all these things, um, shirk is definitely a bigger crime. And the more we understand where we stand, in comparison to Allah, how small we are, how Allah has given us everything, how utterly nothing we are to Allah, the more this will become clear to us. The more we take more of a secular understanding and we make ourselves the center of the universe, the, the bigger this doubt is going to be for us. And finally, the last question that we have for today, am I correct in thinking that the four Sunni madhabs are all valid and legitimate opinions, and not really counted as different sects of Islam. And so unlike other groups, one of them would not leave to the hellfire. For example, out of the four, not one is deviant. That is absolutely correct. All the four schools of Fiqh, they are not deviant schools. Um, They are an understanding that derives from the Qur'an and Sunnah to understand how do we follow the commands of the prophet ﷺ, um, and the commands of allah this is um you know the, the foundations of each school is the same and i think sometimes we inflate the differences that are there um so yeah they're all they're all good that's a good understanding to have that's pretty much it for questions guys assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh